Welcome to another episode of the Mobile Word Podcast. My name is Pastor Nathan Pagard, and I'm grateful that you could join me today. I'm looking forward to walking through the Word with you. Before we get going with our Bible study, uh, I just wanted to thank you for your patience. Uh, we've had a little bit of a break. We've had a, a, about two weeks where we haven't been been recording or posting the podcast. We've had uh, some scheduling difficulties. Um, my wife and I have had uh, a few things in the schedule that have, have kept us from uh, recording regularly and getting the podcasts up online. So, so that was one one reason why there's been a little bit of the break. And then we've also had a few technical difficulties recording. So I hope that those technical difficulties have been ironed out and that we're ready to go. So if for some reason uh, there's there's something with the the recording quality, or if you notice something that's that's uh, interfering uh, with the quality being the way it should, uh, please let us know. Uh, again, our email is mobilewordministry at gmail.com. But hopefully we've gotten to the point where it's, it's, it's back up, uh, the quality's there, and right now we, we have the scheduling um, availability that we can make some podcasts. So, so thank you for waiting. I appreciate your patience, and I'm, I'm excited to be back uh, recording the podcast and, and getting in the Word with you. So um, again, uh, we've, we've mentioned this in previous podcasts. If, if there's anything that you would like discussed on the podcast, if there's anything that you have have questions about regarding scripture or verses uh, or just doctrine and issues uh, of Christianity or in the Bible, uh, feel free to contact us at mobilewordministry at gmail.com. And again, that's an extension of our ministry site, uh, mobilewordministry.com. So uh, what we're going to do is that we're going to try and make up for the time that we've lost the past few weeks. So I'm going to record... Uh, quite a few over the next week um, to kind of catch us up. Uh, so, so again, thank you for for your patience. Thank you for understanding, and uh, I'm I'm excited to be back uh, doing the Bible studies with all of you uh, on the podcast. So, the scripture that I've picked for this uh, this episode is uh, in Colossians chapter three, and we're going to be reading verses eighteen through twenty five. So that's going to be the the section of scripture that we're going to read for this episode. Uh, like I've said before, if you have a different version other than the version I'll be reading from, which is NIV, uh, feel free to uh, find the the, the verses, uh, chapter 3 of Colossians 18 to 25 in your version. And if you'd like to read that now, uh, you can pause the podcast and read your own, uh, own version so you can get the context. Uh, and then you can rejoin the podcast and press play. Or you can listen to me read it in NIV first and then read your version after. So again, we are in Colossians chapter 3, verses 18 to 25. So I'll go ahead and start to read, and then I'll pray, and then we can get going. All right, this is verse 18. Wives, submit to your husbands, as is fitting to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives, and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you, and to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving." Anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong, and there is no favoritism. Okay, let's go ahead and pray real quick. 
Heavenly Father, I thank you that you've uh, brought us back to uh, to this place that we can study the Bible together through this podcast. I pray over this section in Colossians. I thank you that we have your word. I thank you that we have truth in your word, and I pray that the truth relevant to all of us listening and participating in this podcast be revealed through this Bible study. We ask that your voice be heard in the power of the Holy Spirit. So thank you for your son Jesus that has given us this incredible access to you and your voice, and thank you for the scriptures that we have that can guide us in our walk day to day, uh, knowing light from darkness um, and truth from falsehood. We, we thank you that we have the way. So Lord, we, we pray that you, you feed us, you provide what we need, uh, provide the words that are necessary from me, and uh, translate those and clarify those for all of us listening so that we can hear your voice uh, undeterred and uninterrupted. So thank you, Father, for this this podcast. Thank you for this scripture. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So the first, uh, what, I, I, what I can do is I can go through verse by verse. There, It's, it's, it's uh, divided up real, real nicely uh, with kind of each verse representing a different group of people. Um, but when I was reading it, <clears throat> I read this once before we started the podcast. And again, it, it, uh, it popped out as I was reading it. Uh, just now, is in verse 25, and it says, anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong. Now, that's that's a truth, um, but that's not what popped out. The, the, the final statement, and there is no favoritism, um, popped out. That, to me, is, is what links all of these relationships together, and, and that, to me, is the gospel foundation, you know, the, the, the centrality of the Christian message is this statement that that finishes off chapter three in Colossians that there is no favoritism? Oftentimes, when you when you address the issue of marriage or wives and the role of the wife or the role of the husband, um, you get some pushback, um, especially when you when you read in Scripture that the wife has to be submissive to the husband, or the the husband is the head of the household. You know, obviously there there are there are households all around the world. You know, every single household is imperfect, but there are definitely those that stand out uh, that are more so, you know, households where there is injustice, you know, on the part of the husband. And and to to tell the wife in that situation that you must obey your husband, you know, I don't know if that's a, an abusive situation. I don't know if that whatever is going on uh, in that relationship that is corrupt or unjust, telling the wife to submit. Just that, just that statement, you can remove that from the gospel, remove it from, from the Bible context, but just telling her in that moment, you've got to submit because he is the head. Of course, that, that sounds absolutely unfair and unjust. Um, or if you move on to kids, you know, children and parents, and you have so many children that are in households and houses where the parents are not fair, where there is abuse, um, where there is injustice. And to tell that child or to tell those children, obey your parents, you know, this, this, will, this will mean life for you, or in this section of Colossians, for this pleases the Lord, especially out of the context of the gospel or outside of the context of the gospel, just telling that, that wife, or maybe it's, maybe it's reversed, you know, maybe there's abuse on the part of the wife, you know, but telling the party that is, that is receiving that injustice, just do it because it pleases the Lord without any context of what 
the gospel is, um, it sounds unjust and it's unfair. And that's been the root for a lot of people moving away from Christianity, moving away from Christ, moving away from the Bible. And because you have these, these very bold and very seemingly unfair statements or commands without any context to it other than just do it because it pleases the Lord. And that's not, it's not good enough in the same way that you can't just have faith. Of course, there's, there's a lot of what it means to be a Christian that just requires faith. You know, it, it, it's not that being a Christian, you, you can find out everything, um, you know, quantifiably, like not like everything is a math problem. You know, there are, there are areas of your faith. There's, there's going to be seasons or, or, you know, situations when your faith is tested and you don't have a written proof for something and you do have to take a step, you do have to take a leap of faith. Um, in my situation uh, with my wife and I, we were living in Korea for about five years. Um, I was there for five and she was there for four and God was doing a lot with ministry. That's where he called me into ministry was in Korea. And at the end of the fifth year, uh, the ministry was still there. There was still a need, you know, that, that was after five years that became my home. You know, that was where basically my family was, you know, my, my immediate family was still in the States, you know, my mom and my dad and my sister and, and my extended family. But in Korea, I, I really was embraced by a spiritual family. You know, that was the body of Christ. And, and, uh, those people meant a, a great deal. They still mean a great deal to me. So to leave that, when God told my wife and I, it's time to go, and it's time to go to the, to the U.S., that was a challenge. You know, I was leaving a job that, uh, that uh, provided for us. We were leaving a situation that was pretty comfortable, you know, with people and uh, responsibilities, you know, professionally and, and with ministry. And to leave, to go to a place where it's obviously going to be more expensive. You don't know the people that you you are, are, are leaving, you, you're going to be the stranger, you're going to be the minority, you're going to be the outsider, um, and you, you don't have a clear plan of, of what you're going to do. We weren't moving back into a, uh, an open job position for both of us. You know, we were moving back with nothing, uh, moving back with no clear direction, other than God clearly saying, go back. And that required a, a huge amount of faith, um, so walking with Christ, there's going to be moments where you just have to have faith. But there's also so much behind that that you can know for sure. So when you tell someone, just do it, just obey the Lord because God wants you to, that is true. But to be able to step out and just do it, you have to have the context. You have to have uh, things that you actually absolutely believe without a doubt that move you in that, in that motion to actually take that step. You know, you can't just step, you know, like a robot, just having faith. You have to have some reason. We always have to have a reason why we do certain things. So even that, that decision to step out in faith, you have to have something that has led you to that moment. And that's where, you know, when you're telling a wife or a husband or a child or, or a parent, or, you know, the, the last section dealing with slaves and masters, or in our context, employees and, and employers. If you're just telling them to face this challenging situations that every, 
you know, one of our instincts is telling us to run in the opposite direction or to not do it or to know that we don't need to do this or we have the right to say no when that is our human instinct to tell someone to forego that instinct and to do what is unnatural just by faith. That's not good enough. And, and I've been a Christian for right now it's six years and this is 2016. Right now I've been, I've been a Christian for six years and there's still moments where I have to know, I have to know more. You know, you don't get to a point in Christianity where you know everything and now everything is just a coast. You know, you're constantly battling a world that does not want to accept what is within you. You know, the spirit of Jesus, which resides in you. It's not a matter of just going to your kind of base every Sunday and just checking in. No, Christ is in you. And when you take that into the world, there is going to be pushback and there's going to be moments when you have to have faith but you can't have that faith unless you've had things happen to you leading up to that point that give you full assurance and affirmation that you can have that faith. So when you tell all of these different groups, do what is unnatural because it pleases the Lord, there has to be a uniting truth, a foundation in which you can actually tell them that with hope, you know, not just suffer more you know, do this and it's going to be hard and then you're going to suffer, but that's what it is to be a Christian. Yes, suffering is involved daily in being a Christian, but doing these things, submitting yourselves, living selflessly, you know, with humility, that's, that's rooted in a truth, that's rooted in a truth that not only gives us hope that we can do that, but gives us so many pieces of evidence that that is the right thing to do, not just for the person or the situation, but for us. And that's what is so unbelievable about the gospel. That's what's so unbelievable about Christianity and and living as a Christian as it's written in the scriptures, as it was spoken from Christ to us, is that it calls you to do things that are so unnatural. It calls you to do things that defy reason or logic but you step forward with such boldness and courage and confidence because you know that that is the right way. Not because it's the, it's, it's the moral thing to do, not because it's the, the reasonable thing to do, or not because it's, it's going to benefit society the most. You have an inherent, you have an internal compass that is saying, this is the only thing to do right now. It's the hardest thing to do, but it's the right thing to do. And you're actually going to be receiving joy doing it. And that's what's, that's what's really unbelievable about the Christian message is that you can submit yourself. You can walk with humility. You can, you can carry yourself selflessly in this world in the face of persecution you know, I'm not talking about going around to people that just admire you and giving them, you know, giving them favors that you know will be returned. You know, Jesus talks about that. And he says, you know, what, what is it to, to compliment or to help someone that you know is going to compliment you in return or to give you, you know, your favor back? That's nothing. Anyone can do it. But a, a, a true Christian that has experienced the love of Christ in their life will carry themselves with humility and submission, sacrifice, selflessness in the face of persecution that is seemingly unjust. 
So you take these situations, you know, with marriage, and you have one spouse that is treating the other spouse unfairly. Everyone in the world, just using logic, would say, get out. Or everyone would say, you don't need to do what that person says. But God holds a deeper truth. You know, God's, God holds a deeper wisdom in that situation. Now, that's not to say that if you're in, in, a, in an abusive relationship or if something is happening to you that is, that is threatening your well-being, that God is just saying, just stay, just stay. There are obviously so many steps that need to be taken to ensure your well-being. And if you're listening to this podcast, this episode, and you are yourself in that situation, whether you're a child or you're an employee or you're a husband or a wife, and that's the situation, if it is extreme, you know, please seek help. I pray that you have a, a church body that can help you. You know, talk to the, the elders in your church, talk to your pastor. If you don't have a church, seek out a church. Seek help. You know, call the authorities if you need them to intervene. So, so that's those are extreme situations. So that that it's a it's a sidetrack, but it's relevant. But what 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 Paul is saying in this letter to the Colossians is what we find in verse twenty five, and that that is the 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 foundation to all of these statements to these different groups is that in Christ there is no favoritism. There's no favoritism. And that's what allows a marriage to work. So we'll take that first. Is that there's no favoritism. This isn't just talking to wives. Verse 18 is. But verse 19 is talking to the husband. So in a marriage, wife, you submit to your husband the same way you would want to be submitted to. You serve your husband the same way you would want him to serve you. But then you flip it. It doesn't stop there. You flip the coin. And husbands, you serve your wife exactly how you would want to be served. If the wife gets a scoop of ice cream, you get one scoop of ice cream. There's no favoritism. You are not special. You do not have more rights than she does. There is equality. There's absolutely 100% equality in a marriage. If you are calling your wife to meet you in the middle, you better be in the middle already. There's no favoritism. And if you take your if you take your marriage one day at a time, building upon that truth, building upon that central role that Christ died for all the sins of the world, and that like we read in Romans 3, that there is no one good. All have fallen short. All. Don't deceive yourself that you are you are the, the, the one exception, that you are truly good. You do all the right things, and you're just patiently waiting for other people to, to fall in line behind you. That's, that's, if, if there's one thing that's true in the entire Bible, one central truth is that you are a sinner, 100% like everyone else. There is no favoritism. No one gets off with a less penalty. Everyone's penalty was as high as the person next to them. And Jesus came and paid that entire debt. Your debt. Not just your wife's debt or not just your husband's debt. Your debt. 
plural, everyone's debt was paid, and everyone's sin was there to be paid for. You know, if you take a marriage and you remove that truth, which is the gospel, that's why it's good news, is that everyone was out, but now everyone is in because of Jesus. That's why it's good news, and that's why it's relevant wherever you go around the world. You know, when we were in Korea, we met a lot of people from all around the world. The message didn't change. You know, if I had a Bible study with, you know, 10 Koreans, but then an American came in, or someone from South Africa, or someone from, from Kenya, or someone from, from Central America, wherever they came from, the Bible study didn't shift, didn't change. The good news was still good news, and the good news was that you're all totally helpless without Christ, but now with Christ, you're totally accepted. And like Paul says, you know, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. That's for everybody. You have a new boss now. You're not working for your husband. You're not working for your parents. You're not working for your wife or your boss or your president. You're working for Christ. And what Christ does in return is he says, go back and serve your husband. Serve them, but not serve them as master. Serve them as someone that God has given you to work out your own salvation in doing so. By serving your parents or by serving your spouse, by serving your boss, that is transforming you. It's changing your heart. It's transforming you so that you can see more of Christ and you can need him more. And what's amazing is that through that, the people around you that you are serving are going to see something totally unnatural. They're going to see something so illogical. Your, empl- your, your fellow coworkers are going to say, why do you just keep working hard when the boss is doing this, that, and the other? And that's your window. That's your opening. You know, you're not going around day by day saying, you know, you guys want to know why I'm working so hard? You want to know why I'm being so humble? No. You keep your, you keep your mouth quiet. You don't talk about it. You don't advertise it. You just do the work. And you serve. And you love. And you forgive. And you pray that Christ be in you so that you can do all those things. Because without him, you can't do any of that. So you just do that, you do that, you do that, and there's going to be a time where things are going to fall through for everyone in the office and people are going to be scrambling for solid ground and they're going to look at you and you're going to be on the rock. And that's going to be the time. That's when God says, here's the mic. And you don't preach, here's what I do and here's how I do this so well. You say, the only reason I can be standing right now is because I was saved, and Christ lives in me. It's no longer I who live, and he's the one I serve. I'm not looking for validation or affirmation from my spouse or from my parents or from my boss. I get my daily affirmation from my daily bread that I consume, and I'm saved, and I'm loved, and he's waiting for me, and he has an inheritance for me that I'm getting glimpses of day by day. And that's the rejuvenation of that good news in your life every day. And people are going to see that. Give it time. It might take time. It might take years for that 
floor to fall through. But in that moment, what's going to be different with you is that you're standing on solid ground. And that solid ground, make no mistake, that solid ground is that there is no favoritism and that you were so lost. You were so lost. But Christ saved you. So you don't look around at all those other people in your office or, or your, your, your family members or your, you know, your, uh, your parents and say, well, thank God I'm not like them. No, your heart goes out to them. You pray for them. And you say, God, open their eyes. Holy Spirit, work in their life. Give me that opportunity. Bring this office challenge so that I can testify about what you are and who your son is and what that truth of the gospel is, that there is no favoritism, that I was so out of favor, but now I am so highly favored. That's it. If you take that, knowing the gospel, knowing Christ, and that's what he preached. You can't take that away from Christ. You can't separate the two. That is the gospel, is that everyone has unity in how lost they were and everyone has unity in how they were brought back in, how they were saved. Everybody. That's for the husband, the wife, the child, the parent, the slave, the master, everybody. And that's what's so liberating about the gospel is that all those divisions that you encounter every single day of your life in this world, they're gone. With the gospel, it has nothing to do with how old you are or how much experience you have or what your background is. You're in because you're in. There is no vetting process. There is no, you know, uh, there, there, there's no form you have to fill out. There's no questionnaire you have to answer. You're in because you're in, because Christ is alive and he's real. And his work is finished. It's done. So the only hope a marriage has is Christ at the center telling both husband and wife, neither of you is better than the other because in me there is no favoritism. You are both equally lost without me, but you are both equally favored and loved with me. That's the only way a family can survive is if the parent looks at the child and says, God, show me myself in my child. When my child throws a tantrum, remind me that that's me in your presence. And that the child can witness that kind of humility in their parents. Because when a child, a young child, is coming to know God, they see it in the parents first. They're going to hear lessons at church or Sunday school or whatever. But their impression of God is going to be looking at the dad, looking at the mom. That is going to stick much longer. It's going to go much deeper than a Sunday school lesson, without a doubt. Your behavior towards your kids is going to stick. Your reactions around your kids is going to stick. Your language you use is going to stick. Your hopelessness or your hope is going to stick. Your faith or your faithlessness is going to stick. That is what they're going to look at. That years later, when they're coming to a point like I had when I was about 22, where I'm asking myself, do I even believe any of this? And my answer back to myself is no. 
I don't believe it. But I reset right back to my parents and I said, but they do. Why? Why do they believe it? It was my parents. That's what it went to. So the only way a family works is if both parties, children and parents, are resetting to the truth of the gospel that there is no favoritism. There's complete equality. The only way an office is going to work, the only way you're going to survive another day at your office where there is so much injustice, there's so much favoritism in the office. There are cliques. There are little clans and pods. You're in, you're out. You have a raise, you've been demoted. The only way you're going to survive that kind of tumultuous, unstable environment is if you're not working for that environment. You have a job to do and you do your job well because God has given you that opportunity and that purpose for this time in your life, but you serve Him. And although your work might go unrecognized or maybe someone else gets the promotion, what is that to you? Jesus tells Peter, you follow me. What, what is a promotion going to add to what you already have in Christ? What is any kind of compliment going to add to the compliments you have in Christ. If we are so hungry for the approval of our boss or so hungry for the approval of our coworkers, maybe we haven't gone deep enough into the, pr- the approval that we actually have now in Jesus Christ. Because it's there. It's there. That's not something that I, I, I put together with some random verses and I've kind of you know, come to this conclusion that that's the truth of the gospel. That, that is the gospel. That he loves you. He loves you. He's passionate about you. No boss, no person will ever possess the passion that God has for you and has shown you in Jesus. No one. You'll never find it. That is the truth. We think we will. We think we'll find it on our terms, but we never will. The only way these relationships work is if Christ is Lord, if he is king, and if we meet him as he is. And his message is that there is no favoritism, that you were all lost, but you are all saved. You know, I challenge you. I challenge you. Like Christ challenges us, I challenge you to take this truth and make that a root, that a foundation in these relationships in your life. If you're listening to this podcast and you're married, Reset every day to that truth. This isn't just self-help. This isn't just something that I'm thinking this, this might be handy for your marriage. This is the only chance your marriage has. The only chance is if you wake up every morning knowing that you are exactly favored the same way your spouse is favored by the Lord. That there is no difference and there is no favoritism. And that as much as the wife will submit to the husband, husband, you submit and you serve your wife. 50-50. There's not a degree, there's not a percentage point more on the side of the husband or for the wife. It is 50-50 down the middle. And children and parents, I don't know your situation and I pray that if you're having a hard time, you can get the help in your area where you are. But there is hope and there is salvation in Jesus. And if you are having a hard time and maybe you have a hard time finding help, get into the word and hear his voice because he has 
your shelter. He has your shield. He is there. He's just waiting for us to call upon him as he is. Jesus, save me. Rescue me, help me. Fortify me, equip me. You know, have you prayed those prayers? If you're having a hard time in your marriage, if things seem unfair, have you prayed that prayer? Something as simple as, Jesus, save me. And not just a prayer. Get into the Bible. Read his voice. You know, I, I would always hear pastors say, read your Bible, and I always took it as homework. It's being on this side of it now. I mean, maybe it is in some churches, maybe. But that's my only hope. My only hope is that when I am confused, when I feel myself falling away, when I feel like there's more distance, increasingly more distance between me and the Lord, when I get, get in the Word, like I did right before this podcast, that is a, it, it's, it straightens the arrow, gets everything back in line. It's like if you're sleepy or you're groggy and then suddenly, boom, you're live. Everything is alert. It's sharp. That's what the Word does. It tells you the truth. And the truth is not always the truth you're looking for. It's not always the truth you want to hear, but it's true. And in Jesus, we have the truth. And the truth of the gospel is that there is no favoritism whatsoever. None at all. You know, you, you, you got to go deeper into how sinful you are and how lost you are before you can realize how far you were brought back. That's essential. You know, and, that, and, and maybe, maybe it happens the other way, but at some point, sooner or later, preferably sooner, you realize how much of a sinner you were. Because the more that you understand how lost you were, the more you realize that you had no right to be brought back in, but that you were, that is going to just naturally replicate in your behavior and your interaction with people, your spouse, your family, your job. Because you know that you have no right to claim anything more than the person standing next to you. Because it was by grace you were saved. Not by doing good things, not by doing good works. It was a gift that you didn't deserve, but you got it. You know, the, the message of the gospel in terms of sin is not meant to condemn you and oppress you. It confronts you. Without a doubt, it confronts you. But then the truth of the work of Christ sets you free, liberates you. And you know that you don't serve your spouse. You serve something much higher. You serve the Lord and you don't serve your parents or you don't serve your kids. You know, so many parents. It's a, it's, I'm, I'm not a parent yet, so I don't know, but I see it. So many parents have idolized their kids. And they're only happy when their kid is happy or successful. And when the kid is having a hard time or the kid is not living up to its his, his or her potential, it comes back on the parent. What did I do wrong? And there's this, this, this weight hanging over your shoulders if you're, if you're the parent you were supposed to be. And Jesus tells us every day, you know, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest. He says, you're not meant to carry that kind of burden, that kind of weight. You know, seeking the approval of your boss, your coworkers every single day. Just do your work. Do your best. How liberating is that? Just do your best. 
every day. Just do your best. Look around at people that are just like you and do your best. I mean, if that isn't the recipe to, to heal the problems that we have in this world, I don't know what is. Because we do have injustice. We have inequality. That is without a doubt. Wherever you live, that's there. Sin feeds on that. But the message of Jesus overcomes that sin. It overcomes that that poisonous thing within our heart that says that I'm better than that person, which you're not. And Jesus tells us the truth and says that you are all sinners and you all fall short. But because of me, you have all been brought back in and there is no favoritism. So I challenge you, you know, take that into your, take that into your life. You know, go deeper into that truth, into the word, go into the word and read, read scripture with that. You know, I always tell people, you know, look for Christ. When you're reading the Bible, read it with spectacles or glasses that are the lenses of Christ. That'll change the way you read your Bible 100%, reading it, looking for Jesus. Now, you're not looking to find, you know, little secret signs or whatever, but just read the Bible through the lens of the gospel that you are sinners, you are sinners, but that Christ has redeemed you. Everything in the Bible points towards it. Jesus says it himself in Luke. Every thing in scriptures testify about me. Everything from Moses to the prophets, everything testifies for me. That's why you read the Bible is to see Jesus revealed and to see the sin in you revealed so that he can be the savior revealed. And the truth of the gospel is that there is no favoritism. Read the Bible with that, that there is no favoritism. Now, Israel was highly favored. They were chosen people, but their story leads us to where we are right now. A, a people that is undeserving receiving grace. That is a me- that is a message of the Bible from beginning to end, and that is you. That is me, and that will change not only your life but the people around you. I guarantee it. The more that you press into that reality that there is no favoritism and that there is equality in Christ, that will radically transform the world around you, and it will rad- radically translate the spirit within you. That's the hope of the gospel. That's why it's good news. It's amazing. So just I challenge you to take that truth and, and, and place that in the center of your life and the relationships you're engaged in, the work you do, the place you live in, that there is no favoritism. Verse 25 again, anyone who does wrong will be repaid for his wrong and there is no favoritism. None whatsoever. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this truth. I thank you that there is no favoritism. I thank you that there is complete equality in Christ and that we can look to you for our approval, look to you for our affirmation, look to you for our direction and our salvation. Thank you that we have Jesus. Thank you that we can look to him as our Lord, as our Savior, as our friend, as our King. And we pray that wherever we are right now in our life, that we can take this truth and that by the power of the Holy Spirit, it can be solidified and ingrained, established at the heart of all of our relationships and all of our work, and that we can begin to see the fruit of the gospel, the fruit of your son Jesus' spirit in our lives, transforming and healing the world around us with the message of the gospel that there is equality and there is no favoritism. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so we'll leave it there for uh, for this week's episode of the Mobile Word Podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in. And remember to send me your thoughts, questions, comments, or scriptures 
uh, to, to us at mobilewordministry at gmail.com. Um, anything whatsoever. Uh, and and I, I'll, I'll check the quality of this podcast, but I hope it was back to, uh, back to our standard. And, uh, and I look forward to recording the next one. But uh, until next time, enjoy the word and God bless. Thank you.